What do you think the most important thing is that you want to teach people, that you think people should remember? I think, I think what I just share with you is fundamentally one of the most, uh, it's one of my most recent uh, discoveries. It's only two or three years old. But all the, these geometric, uh, physical, philosophical things brought me to that conclusion slowly. So this is the, the core of, uh, of the message that I was looking for since I was a baby. What is the meaning? What is the, the, this, this whole reality is all about? And when I got that image, that flash of the, those two fields, which are crossing the nothingness field of the past and the infinity of the future, which are crossing before my eyes to create this, um, this illusion of separation that we call presence, I was like, oh my God, that's what it is. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always a blessing to speak with you all. And remember, if you're loving the shows, liking the shows, please hit the subscribe button and share the shows with your friends. We also love to hear your comments and anything you've got to say about the shows. Well, have I got a fascinating man to introduce you to? His name is Roman Light. Welcome to the show, Roman. Thank you. Another speaker for the Higher Self Expo coming up in July, the 17th and 18th of July, 24-hour free online expo that's happening across, well, three continents, US, Europe, and Australasia. And Roman is one of our Australian speakers who talks about, well, he talks about many things. We're going to meet, we're going to meet Roman originally from France. Whereabouts in France? South, uh, South East, Marseille. Marseille. And when did you move to Australia? I think about 11 years ago now. It's about, about 11 years ago, yeah. It was an um, interesting journey, let's say. Did you come by yourself or did you bring a family with you? Well, I, I met my partner in, uh, in Nice, part of France, my ex-partner now. And yeah, she wanted to come back in Australia. And 11 years ago, I decided to follow her and fell in love with the country. And, uh, and here I am. So she was an Aussie. Yes. Or is an Aussie, I should say. So basically you're straddling France and Australia. <laughs> so we're covering both continents. Let me tell you a little bit about Roman, originally from France, as we've just discovered. Roman, who now lives in Sydney, is determined to make a difference in the world by re-educating people about truths he believes have been suppressed. He speaks about frequency, harmony, resonance, and, an Im and its impact on humanity as a collective. His mission is to bring back the simplicity of the ancient wisdoms into our modern civilization. With his bioarchitecture, blue economy, micro farming, permaculture, and blockchain technology knowledge, Roman is participating in the creation of a new world of human, human sovereignty and abundance where conscious, ethical, and self-determined beings 
cooperate in establishing a harmonious society that will transcend the current economical and social limitations we experience today and allow humans to remember their connection with their environment and their spiritual essence. Roman has a tremendous understanding of complex matters pertaining to consciousness and evolution. He is working and investigating various modalities of conscious enhancement, including free energy, sacred geometry, sound healing, neganthropic plasma generators, <laughs> neganthropic plasma generators, ocean mineral therapy, DNA reprogramming, quantum music and ancient wisdom, just to name a few. <laughs> Sounds like you're busy, honey one. <laughs> His field of interests include reinvigorating food, biomagnetic field enhancement, bioresonance and bioarchitecture. I think we went through blue economy, cymatics, permaculture, new spiritual paradigms and a host of others. Roman is also an artist and performer who loves to give voice to pl the plant realm using his technology that allows us to hear the music of nature. Together, humans and plants can communicate and perform in a most heartwarming way. So your topic for the Higher Self Expo is the future will be spiritual or there will be no future. And you can find more about Roman at sacredarithmetic.com is the name of your website. Whew, that's a lot, hun. <laughs> you sound like you're busy. <laughs> I tried to synthesize as much as I could, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of Mr. Plus. Let's say I love, I love. I'm very curious. I, I, I'm limitless. I, I love, I love to just discover more and more and more about reality and uh, and just trying to connect things that seems to be separated, um, but which are essentially uh, just one. It's, it's that oneness that has this infinite fractal expression. So it looks complicated, but it's, I'm just talking about the same thing over and over and over through different perspectives because the same pattern, the same geometry uh, happen uh, in every aspect of creation. And, and so when you get access to that original pattern, you just copy and paste it everywhere and you find that the same truth is happening everywhere. So everything becomes obvious and everything becomes natural because you see the same message of the creator everywhere so. yeah yeah exactly like the dna holds all the information for a human in one tiny particle like holographic mm -hmm. and we are we we hold the same information as all that is god if you like uh, we're like a holographic piece of god somebody was asking me about that the other day coming from a catholic background i can't come at us being god how does that work but listen, let's talk about your story. How did you get into all this? Like, did you have a spiritual awakening? What happened? What were you doing before you started thinking about this? Or were you always thinking about this? Well, it's, 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 uh, it's weird. Like you, you were telling me a few minutes ago, why did I not talk about myself? And because my journey is, is very confusing for um, like mainstream people. A lot of mainstream people don't understand how uh, I studied as a musician and then I did some study in law and then I did some study in psychology and then I became an interior designer and then I uh, study um, 
alternative medicine and slowly moved into this spiritual journey. I have no background in mathematics, no background in physics, no background in any of that. However, I have that, I don't know, that, that skill to visualize things, to be able to incorporate and integrate new concepts and add them to others extremely, extremely quickly, which allow me to um, integrate and, and connect and see things in a, in a very different way. So, um, I mean, if I was sharing that I have a background in law, it wouldn't don't make any sense. You know, it won't bring anything to the, to the table. Um, if I was saying that my background was to be, I, I grew up in a thousand friends and I did thousand friends, thousand friends, thousand friends, thousand friends and Sydney. I mean, I never get out of the thousand friends. I haven't traveled the world. I, I don't have any fancy story about, um, going into sacred land and sacred place and get that awakening and all that. This, Awakening happened to me uh, about eight years ago, and um, and uh, it just got accelerating. It started with this um, sacred geometry uh, symbol, that thing here, that came to me one day, and I started to see a language in the shape of the numbers, which sounds quite unusual because uh, we think numbers are just numbers, but the truth is that there is a a hidden secret embedded into the shape of the numbers. And the day when I discovered that, it was just, um, I, I just couldn't believe it. I thought that I was crazy. I started to talk about it to a few people around me. And when you start to get that type of spiritual awakening, people look at you, uh, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean numbers have a message? And just the idea that numbers have a message embedded into their shape sounds weird, you know? And, um, but why not? Because everything is symbolic. Uh, and numbers are symbol, like they are essentially symbol. The symbol is is that which brings together the the diabol, the diabolo, which gave gave name to the, the the devil, is that which separates. So the the mind separates things when you observe reality, and the symbol reunifies them. And so through the understanding, the intuitive understanding of the, uh, the how the shape of the numbers have a code. That code just strikes me, and I spent years trying to find if anyone was talking about that, but no one was talking about that. So I just continued my journey by myself. And as I am a kind of limitless person, I just didn't put any limits. So I just dive into that code and trying to find the resonance of that code. And what was my surprise is that in that extremely simple symbol, uh, that I may, I may actually share it now. Um, if I stop my camera, can you see my the, the, the picture? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's 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 where it all started. I discovered that symbol, which is a combination of circles, triangles, and numbers, which sounds quite nothing extraordinary. But if I was decoding it for you and showing you how that extremely simple symbol can explain the whole universe, it's mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing. And I just spent the last eight years finding the resonance of that symbol in all my experience of reality. Um, it's, it's very complicated to speak about that because um, a lot of people are, are conditioned by a narrative, by the storytelling, by the mind, by the, the experience of life and all that. And if one day someone comes to your reality and say, well, stop associating yourself with your experience, I, I have the key to allow you to understand what reality is all about. The first reflex of people is to be like, who the fuck are you? 
Like, where do you come from? Like, where, 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 who do you think you are to come to my reality and, and, and pretend to explain me everything about everything? And this is yeah, something that is very challenging. There's a lot of resistance in this world. Yeah. Um, I, I want to go back a bit. Okay, so basically you're just downloading sacred technology from, I don't know, from source energy, from wherever it comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so only eight years ago. So you had your kind of spiritual awakening in Australia. You said you've been here for 11 years. What Did anything specific happen or was it just a process of questioning and questioning and questioning and, and being available to the answers? Like, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, the, 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 my real journey, and that's something that I didn't really appreciate to share before, uh, but it's um, uh, who told me that? It's someone. It's it's during the high higher self expo that I realized that um, it's someone who said, "Well, this line should be shared uh, uh, as an introduction for you." And I said, "Well, this is something that is very um, uh, precious for me because this is something that um, uh, brought me a lot of troubles in my life." And and this is this is when it started. When it started is my oldest remembering, my oldest souvenirs as a human was when I was between six months old and two years old. I can't really, uh, I can't really say exactly when it happened, but I have that weird memory that um, when I was six months old, uh, I was hearing a voice in my head and that voice was saying, when your mission in this existence will be to support humanity, to move into a new direction, uh when you will be older and this is something that i kept secretly in, inside of me because first of all it, it was very weird first of all like when you're six months old you have no concept of what humanity is you have no concept of time you have no concept of reality you have zero so it, and it's weird to share that idea because it's like some people would say no he's denial this is not possible you're not that special. And this is the few response that I get from people when I start to share that when I was very young, saying that I was an angel sent by God to support humanity to move into a new direction. And with, with, uh, with my experience now, I'm like, yeah, well, maybe because I grew up in a Catholic uh, uh, education, my grandmother was saying stuff, my mom said stuff, and you know, kids, children just absorb a lot of information and you just process that thing. However, I clearly, even now, have the remembrance of the voice, the word that, that were used in French and the concept of humanity, future, evolution, direction, blah, 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 to something that doesn't make any sense to a, a child because you have no idea of those concepts. And I just remember the, the structure of the sentence without judging it. And that's what I did for years. And the few people that are there to share that story to had a very aggressive response because it was like, who do you think you are? Well, what makes you believe that you are a special one or blah, blah, blah. And, and so slowly I just started to stop talking about it because this is something that was bringing bullying and shaming and guilt and all that. And I was like, well, whatever, this is my reality. This is my truth. Maybe it's delusional. Maybe I invented that story. However, the truth is that the more I was growing up um, as a, a simple guy coming from uh, a city in France, doing his stuff, like I don't, my, my parents were not particularly special. No one was particularly spiritual. No one had particular skills. My dad was a cop. My, my mom uh, 
grow up um, uh, without working, educating us. So, I mean, if you have to take to, to, to speak about my story, it's difficult because people expect uh, people who have special skills or stuff like that to come from a special background or having special. I never got like a near-death experience. I, I did an astral projection when I was about 22 intentionally because I, I was always driven by um, metaphysics and I, I was interested into the the beyond, everything that was beyond. Like reality was not enough for me, never, never has been. I always wanted to get beyond, see what, what was, and uh, for whatever reason, probably because reality was very painful because I had a, a very um, traumatic childhood. I've been bullied for six, seven years. Um, wherever I was going, people were bullying me for whatever reason. And, and I was hypersensitive, so it was, it was extremely painful. It was, um, uh, so I could feel people's aggression towards me without even understanding it. I couldn't okay. understand. I could just feel like that energy like going around me and no one could explain or support. or Because you were uh, empathic. Okay, so you have just explained exactly why I do these shows in the way I do these shows because you obviously haven't watched too many of my shows. Pretty much everyone that I put on my show has had an experience like you and felt uh, different and out of the box and not the same and, you know, didn't feel like they could. So when people like you watch other people that have had this experience, they go, oh, my God, I'm not alone. I felt like that too. So exactly what you've been through, people judging you and ridiculing you and saying you're delusional, is why I do these shows because when you see a million other delusional people that other people think of, you think I'm not delusional. There are many out there like me who have had memories since they were a kid of why they came to earth or the angels contacted them or the ETs, you know, took them up on the ship and said, here you are, you're here to teach humanity about this. And yeah, I mean, that is the crux of the majority of the people I put on have had your experience. So what but you understand that? that you can't really share that on the bio, you know? You can't sure you can. That. I get everyone to share that on their bio. Uh, this is what I was saying to Josie last week, um, who I had on the show, another Australian speaker. What I have found with Australians is that they feel so um, like you, Roman. They feel so uh, afraid is not the right word, but just, yeah, afraid, I guess, to share that sort of stuff publicly for fear of ridicule, whereas um, many of the Americans I have on the show just do it. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. So they kind of dumb down their story. They don't tell their story so that it sort of meets a more mainstream. But in, in my understanding, it's a, it's a mechanism also to avoid um, people to uh, identify too much with you. And this is, a, and, and, but that's what you, you said, that this is what you're looking for. You're looking for people to see the resonance of their own existence through you. Well, and, exactly. And, and the thing is that people need to understand who they are. What did you call yourself? As infinite. So when you proclaim that you are infinite and that you download, you know, information from the cosmos, so, you know, humanity can say you're crazy, but it actually you're showing people who they are too. Because it's not like you're special. It's just that you're aware and they're not aware. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
yeah yeah as, as Josie was the same last week you know she had an experience with a psychic that she'd never shared publicly before but we got it out on, on my show I loved that and uh you know Archangel's coming through and talking to her telling her why she's here on earth and she doesn't share that on her TED talks you know, you know what I mean <laughs> so uh yeah but that, that we're here to I have a client that, that's the same she's putting information out there and um but she's making it really uh, mainstream, you know, and I'm talking about crystals and energy and shamanism, but uh, not talking about her galactic connection and stuff. And we're not here to fit in. We're here to stand out. We're here to show people what's possible. And mm-hmm. so standing out and speaking your truth is really important, I find. Yeah. And, and, and of course it is. It is um, yeah. One so, of the main um, points in the reality is, is to observe that everything has its music everything has a rhythm um it's not that i I, i'm 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 ashamed i'm ashamed of sharing personal things it's just that just a few years ago just two or three years ago we were in a very different timeline we were in a reality in which people were worshiping ego and and looking at what they've been given and it's it's just since a year now that people are starting to look beyond what has been presented to them because they're starting to question the authority, the narrative, because there have been something really dramatic came in their life that actually show them that what they thought was uh, natural is actually not, not, not that natural. Like the government giving you freedom, uh, giving you rights. As long as someone gives you rights, then you don't have rights. And, and because they can take them away anytime. Right? People have to face the limitations of being there and trusting the government and trusting the science and finally realizing that we are going through total nonsense and that, uh, well, maybe I should actually start to dive into my own intuition better than letting someone else decide for me what is right, what is wrong, what well, should exactly. I do, what should I not do. Exactly. But a few years ago, it wasn't the case. Well, that was so, the whole purpose of the, that's the whole purpose of the, you know, the plan. The corona, yeah, yeah I, I mean, that's pandemic. the that's the whole purpose of it you know we can say oh it's terrible or it's terrible but it is it, there's a purpose and it's there's many purposes it's waking people up on mass like you say you've noticed like in a year there's been huge amounts of resistance people usually wake up in a state of resistance this isn't right this can't be right you know my awakening was looking at religion and thinking you know they need to baptize a baby because they're born in sin i'm like how can a baby be born in sin that doesn't sound right to me so there's this initially there's this push against the narrative and then once you push you know you get sick of resisting and then you start to just open to who you are and and why you're here and stop and stop pushing against the the you know the crazy narrative that we've been fed so so you agree that the narrative is the problem well it's the belief systems isn't it you know i had a guy i had And, and that's why and that's why i was reluctant to give my narrative about my existence because myself isn't a narrative myself is an experience and that experience cannot be summarized through where i was born what i did who i married uh, when did i got bankrupt when i when did i get uh, depressed or spiritually awakened this those are events and those events are depicting a story but each story is different yeah so do we really value the story of how did i become who i am or do we value just who I am and what do I have to deliver today? Well, both are valued. You know, I had a guy, I did an interview with a guy on the show this week who I, um, I associate with K-Pax. Have you ever seen the movie K-Pax? Yeah. 
Right. Okay. So he's like the real Capex. He's like the real Capex. So I was just, before we came online, I was just watching a few clips from the movie Capex. And this is what Capex was, was bumping up against. He was bumping up against the narrative or belief systems of his doctor, who's a psychologist, who thinks he's crazy. He's like, I'm from another planet. And he's like, you're delusional, right? You're delusional. <laughs> And it's such a brilliant movie about belief systems and, and how we defend our belief systems. And so what is going to shake humanity out of their collective hypnosis? Oh, let's create a pandemic. <laughs> you know, like it takes a lot of drama to actually wake us up. And anyway, that's what we're going through. But, but getting back to you. So when you had your awakening eight years ago, did you just start, you just thought bugger it and just started getting download after download after download of information, like you were just receiving. Did you investigate like where it was coming from, where you were from? Did you do any sort of like, I don't feel like I'm from Earth, am I from another planet type thinking? Well, yeah, initially I was starting to do that very quickly, starting to connect my essence or where I was coming from and the message that I got. So, yeah, initially I just went into like the classic um, uh, I don't know, like Arcturian, blah, 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 like whatever, stars, uh, Sirius and everything. But none of that was making any sense to me. I was like, no, this is, I'm, I'm from none of that. And, it, and it's only later that I realized that this is again another narrative. And uh, the narrative of the stars and the constellations and what they are and what they represent. And I, I, I used to believe in extraterrestrial uh, life and everything until I realized that no, this again was another narrative and, and it was there to disempower me from the realization that there is no, um, there, there is a, um, and, and this is again, bringing me to the mathematic and the structure when you understand the way reality operates and I'm talking about reality. I'm not talking about just a few things in the universe, the cosmos and everything. You understand the structure of reality and how reality, which is, essentially mathematical and, and number based and geometrically based but it's it's the same thing over and over and i uh, i found out that when i use the word numbers people are shutting down so no stay, stay there guys it's it's not going to hurt your brain <laughs> the numbers are just a, a way to explore reality uh, unfortunately we've been taught the wrong mathematics at school we've been taught and that's why it was so painful that's why it was so difficult for people to to hear that because uh, in our experience of reality, and it all started very young, like you've been told that you have 10 fingers and this is where it started. You told that you have 10 fingers and the truth is that you don't have 10 fingers. 10 is an illusion. The truth is that you have five and five and five and five are symmetrical. And you can actually say that you have five feminine and five masculine. You can say that you have a centripetal and centrifugal, that you have a, a way the energy comes in and where the energy goes out. And you, you can say that. But saying that you have 10 fingers create a, a first cognitive dissonance in your brain because it, it, it negates the evidence that there is a, a pattern, there is a geometry. You have one thumb and one thumb, you have one index and one index, you have five and five. But if you believe that you have 10, you actually suppress the differentiation of, of each finger. And you believe that you have 10 identical fingers. And this is the way the brain record the information, which create automatically a dissociation with reality. Because reality isn't based on decima. Decima, decima, the root word of decima is separation, decimation, separation. It's something that, that separates things, where reality is actually based on harmonics. 
and harmonics is the musical aspect which is connecting the same way i was talking about the diabol which is separating and the symbol that is reunifying and uh, and this is the secret of the alchemist solve and coagulate dissolve and reunify uh, dissolve and coagulate separate dissolve and coagulate reunify the same law applies to everything that is everything there's, there's nothing in our in my experience of existence that um, escape those laws so when you realize that you don't have 10 fingers but you actually have five feminine and five masculine that you have a resonance and so then you realize that after one two three four five six seven and nine you don't have ten you have one and zero and one and zero is is one one plus zero equal one the same way 11 is one and one so one plus one equal two the same way 12 is one plus two it's three so it's 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 uh, one two three four five six seven and nine so you have a the cycle that is happening over and over and over. You have a, the same way musically. Everyone knows that after everyone, everyone who have a little bit of music background, everyone who touch a piano in their life knows that after do re mi fa sol la si, you have again do re mi fa sol la si, and again do re mi fa sol la si, and again do re mi fa sol la si. So you have a cycle, and what that cycle tells you is that what your ears are telling you is that after you increase the frequency of something, you actually go back to the source. And when you increase it again, you go back to the source. You go back and there's a, there's a similarity. Similarity meaning there's an identical pattern and there's a, a different pattern because the, let's say the first C, the first Do, Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Si, Do, Do, Do. There's, there is a similarity, but there's a difference as well. You can't say that both Do's are the same, like Do, 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 that's the same note. But if I do do re mi fa sol la si do, it, it's there's a similarity. There's an, a, a pattern that is identical and different at the same time. So one is one, ten is the first non-av of one. So it's not an octave; it's a non-av because it's based on nine. So you have ten is the first non-av because it's one and zero, and then you have nineteen. Nineteen is nine plus one, which is ten, and ten is one and zero. So you have another non-av of one. And then you have 28, which is another non-av of one. If you were taught when you were young, when you were a child, to see reality through this extremely simple musical, mathematical pattern, you would actually realize that, damn, like the whole reality operates this way. Everything is identical and different at the same time. Everything is working towards a, a, a circle that is coming back to itself but a bit different. And this is what life is all about. You know, you are still the Karen that you were when you were three years old. There's still a blueprint of you that is inside of you that is still there, but you have moved through different iteration in your life. You have created different resonance and, and all those different parents are still in, in, inside of you. And, but the, the last version of you, which is the one that I'm talking right now at that particular moment is, uh, is, is the version that people just, focus on without looking at all the ones that were there before and all the ones that will come after. And, um, and, and this is where the illusion starts. Believing that this version of yourself is the only that is, well, it, it's a transition one between who you were and who you will be. Um, it's, uh, it's, it, it's not good or bad. It, it's the product of who you were. And, and that version of yourself is dying every day. Every day, you learn new things, you make new experience, you uh, share things, you test things. And the more you do that, the more some version of yourself who didn't 
who were not aware of this have to die. And so you can embrace this new version of yourself, which is nourished by this experience of existence. So these this patterns happens over and over and over, like this extremely, extremely simple realization that I don't have 10 fingers, I have five and five. And, and, and this, this is opening so much. This is opening, and, and when you dive into that thing and you start to look at the geometry of the numbers and the way they interact together and the way they create meanings and they create form and shape, and it's just a huge revolution because you have to, to question all the other narrative and for me, the word narrative is associated to conditioning because a narrative, if you start to believe in a narrative, you get conditioned to that narrative. So to get back to where it all started, uh, one day I started to study the flat earth theory and I started to study the concept of the flat earth and, and I started to challenge my belief system and challenge my perception of the round earth lost in the universe and with the, the sun that is 26 million kilometers from me and everything. And I was like, no, that doesn't make any sense. So at the moment, I don't know what the Earth is. I, I like to say that we don't live on a planet. We live on a net plane, a net plane of existence between two foggy planes, the, fl the plane of the past and the plane of the future, which are foggy. They are not, they are not real yet because the reality is the, is the conjuncture between those two fields, two fields, the field of my past and the field of my future, which are constantly crossing in front of my eyes to give me that illusion that this is tangible reality, that this is real, uh, even if I cannot define reality, like no one can, like, and that's, that's the crazy things with uh, mainstream people, like everyone talk about life without knowing what life is, without being able to define life, without being able to define the substance of life. Everyone talk about existence without even being able to question the nature or the substance or the, the, the what is this is all about. Science talk about matter, without being able to define matter. They define it through atoms and molecules and energy without being able to define energy. So everyone talks about many things without being able to define them and agree on, on what, what is it. But everyone has an opinion on the consequences of all that. And that drove me crazy for years because I'm not thinking this way. I'm not, I'm not processing information this way. I, I need to have that big, 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 big picture that allow me to to start to see the connection, because if it is true that life is, reality is one, if it is true that God is everything that is, or blah, 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 then how does this all re reconciliate? How, how can I discern truth from lies? How can I discern uh, reality or, or, or yeah, truth from the narrative, from the agenda, from knowing that each agenda is there to bring me to a new level of who I am? And this is my mission to be able to embrace that, encompass that, but also to let go. Because that thing, if that thing stay there for too long, then I become trapped into it. And so I, the way I define myself is I'm constantly creating new shell and I constantly break those shells. And this is the way I see my existence, building new shell, breaking them, building new shell, breaking them. So I cannot let a shell get too too hard too long because the harder it becomes, the harder, the, the more it, it kills you, basically. And, and it's a dynamic that I started to put in place years ago of constantly learning, which is a new shell, but knowing that that learning is is like that moving uh, sand things, you know, like it, it's it's a substance. It's not it's not physical. It's not um, it's not liquid. It's not uh, invisible. It is not ice, it's not steam, it's in between, it's water. 
and, and I'm living in that water realm where every information is liquid. And I just let that liquidity come through me, uh, washing me with, with its blueprints, bringing me a new version of, of that perspective that I have on reality, and then go to that place uh, uh, to a new one. I love that. I think that's just brilliant uh, and so true. And where we go wrong with humanity is science discovers something and then it creates this hard shell and anyone that um, challenges it is called crazy. <laughs> so the hard shell that, you know, we're kind of breaking at the moment, even in the mainstream, is the reality of uh, alien life, ET life, and uh, is there life? I mean, can you imagine this hard shell of we're alone in the universe? How crazy is that thought? I mean, how crazy? And yet it's been such a... Well, this is, this is a very long debate because, as I, said, as I told you, I used to believe in ETs because I was, again, buying the narrative of the heliocentric system and the cosmos. But now what I realize is that all that was was true and not true at the same time. Yes, there is a cosmos, but not the co no, the cosmos is not what, what I thought it was. And so now I'm moving into another realm where I have to question all this paradigm and all this perspective, uh, holding uh, one aspect of the truth, but also being open to being completely wrong. And so the way I, I see that is that we don't live on a planet. We don't live on the spherical bowl lost in the middle of nowhere uh, with other lives outside of, of that plane and all that. This is my belief. Okay, but this is I, I fully respect of a belief system, but um, my mission today is to share this, this perspective. And um, the idea that there may be other form of intelligence is absolutely true. Of course, there is also a form of intelligence. The first question is, what is intelligence? Uh, what, what, how do you define that? Before even talking about intelligence, what is life? What is consciousness? What is, uh, are we talking about a mental intelligence? Are we talking about an emotional intelligence? Are we talking about an intelligence that focuses and separates? Or are we talking about intelligence that encompasses everything? Are we, uh, are we uh, separating the physical from the spiritual? Uh, what is the link in between? What is the connection between? And until we answer all those points, there's no point trying to create another narrative about aliens and stuff like that, because what is an alien? If, if reality is me, uh, is, if, if I am reality, not, not in me as, as, a, as a Roman, as a body, if, if, I am, uh, if reality is me as a source, and this is something fundamental that a lot of people struggle with, they don't understand some, most of the time the difference between the expression and the source. I am God in source. You are God in source. Everything is God in source. But everything is different in, in, in expression. Yeah. In expression, we are all individual. We are all separated. So, so the you question... Ask, you ask the question, what is intelligence? Really, there's only one intelligence. And then it expresses in an infinite variety of ways. Uh, yeah, and an infinite yeah. frequency. And the way I define intelligence is that there is no real difference between... So let's go back to the topic of God. Um, God is a huge topic. And my understanding of God is, is extremely simple. God is everything that, 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 that could be. Uh, God is infinite, uh, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, eternal, immortal, everything. The only thing that God cannot be is something. And that something 
is what we call existence. Existence is the, that thing that God cannot be because God, as soon as God has a face, has a will, has a son, has a, it's, it limits itself and it cannot be limited. God is that which cannot be named, that which every name will reduce it. However, existence is God in expression. And, and we can easily visualize that if God is everything that, that will be or could be, it also has to be everything that cannot be. And this is something, again, that is very difficult to, to understand for a lot of people. God is infinity and nothingness reunifying to one concept. Infinity and nothingness reunifying to one concept. Every narrative that tries to tell you anything outside of that has an agenda. Mm. And this agenda will bring you to an understanding, uh, a comprehension where you, as, as the essence of who you are, will mistaken you with the expression of reality. But Roman, don't you think that as a soul or a point of consciousness or whatever you want to call it, we want to explore those agendas and experience what it feels like to take on that agenda. So why does someone come into a really strict, you know, religious background and have a lot of limitations? You can't do this. You shouldn't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You know, like, because that limitlessness of who we are wants to explore the limitation. What does that feel like? How do I react inside that? You know, there is this, there is this desire for exploration of what it is to be not who we are really. <laughs> and you've got to honor that until you of don't, course. you know, until you don't. Of course you, you have to, again, create a shell of who you think you are yeah. to be able to explore it. Yeah, there's no other way around because if you are God, in essence, the only reason why you incarnate into this reality is to forget to forget that you're God. You have to forget that you are infinite and 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 you actually you are coming from a space of nothingness, which is the womb. You know, you come in. You initially you were nothing, and and then that egg happened, and that egg demultiplies. So you were nothing, and then you became something. And then you get back into nothingness and then you become something again and you get back into nothing. And that cycle never ends. Yeah. Because... I suppose if you look at it like no thing rather than nothing, because our idea of nothing is nothing, but no thing. So the, the, if you're not a thing, then you're energy. And then you come into what we perceive as things. So something solid like this form, like this physical body. Mm -hmm. um, but you're in form and then you will get a form. Yeah. Um, I want to explore your uh, symbol that you put up before. Do you want to explain? Look, I've, I've seen you do your talks about the nine. You love the nine, number nine. What is it about number nine? I tell you that because I'm very connected to nine. Everything about me is a nine. Born on a nine day and a nine month and a nine year equals nine. My name adds up to nine. My phone number adds up to nine. My house adds up to nine. It's crazy. So tell us about nine <laughs> well the short the short answer to what nine is is um nine is the the shell nine in, is that shell because nine and zero are the same thing so nine is the, the the expression of god um nine and zero are the expression of god nine is the expression of the infinite aspect of god and zero is the aspect of the nothing aspect of god of reality so you have the infinite and the nothingness reunifying to one concept, but we separated them through the nine and, and the zero 
Nine is the, the boundary between the eight and the, and, and the 10, let's say. But 10 is one, if you remember what it is. So nine is the, the veil that separates the eight, which belonged to the previous iteration, the previous harmonic, and, and allow you to move into, into the next one. So nine can be seen as the veil, can be seen as death, can be seen as infinity, can be seen as... Yeah. It, you can't say one thing on, about anything without contextualizing it. So depending on which context you're going to put the nine is, you're going to see many different things. You can see my skin as, as a nine because it's the, the veil between my inner world and my outer world. You can see the nine as the, um, the, the shell that separates my uh, current experience to my next experience. Uh, you can see the nine as my present. The nine is the state of presence because it's between my past and my future. So nine can, can be seen in many ways, but the truth is that you have um, certain numbers of uh, certain amount of numbers in between, and and that's what my symbol is all talking about. It's talking about the structure of reality and how it started with a, with one, and then one gave birth to another one. Because when you are when you have a one, that one cannot exist by itself. It needs to exist into something, and this is again when we start to go into a spiritual religion and, and all that, like can God exist by itself without being in a container of something? Because otherwise, how something can exist in, in the absolute without being the absolute itself? So if, if one is, then therefore it needs to exist in something because unity cannot exist by itself. It needs to exist in a, in a, in a context. And as soon as it exists in a context, then it becomes a beginning. And as soon as it becomes a beginning, then it, it, it needs to create an end. And that's where the duality happens. So in the beginning, I was one, and then I became two. And then, and then that two create a beginning and an end. And, but after a little while, you need to create a journey. You need to create a choice. And this is where the Trinity is coming from. The Trinity is coming from that, that journey from the one into existence, into the two, and the two into the three. And when you have the three, then you have a space. You have, you have something that, in, that is embedding space. And when you embed space, then you can create a three-dimensional uh, thing. So you have that triangle and then you move and you create a tetrahedron. And that tetrahedron is that next evolution. You came from the one, you create the two, the two create the, the three, which is the space, and the space create the volume. And when you have that volume, now you have a, another iteration, you have another one. And that other one can then create another two, that create another three, that create another four, and that four create another two, another three, another four. And that's how the fractal uh, iteration happens from the infinitely small to the infinitely big. However, what people don't understand is that this is, all, this is all an illusion. The only thing that is, is the present. So what happened when you start to dive into matter? You go into matter, you find what? You find atoms. So you find iteration, law into iteration of what you are. But what happened then when you go into atoms? You find quarks and you find like, a ratio of 99.9% of emptiness for 0.0001% of somethingness. And every time you go into matter and you look into matter, they look into matter, you will have the same ratio happening. So you're going to get more zeros. So you're going to get more iteration of that present into towards nothingness. And my theory, which is the only theory that I that, that could make sense about this whole reality is that the more you dive into matter, the more you end up in the cosmos. 
And the more you look into the cosmos, the more you come in from matter. And this is where the whole idea of timelines is, is from. Because each cells of my body and each cell of existence is a timeline because in each cell or whatever uh, element of, of reality that you can quantify, you have a universe that is there, a cosmos. And, and until you get that vision, until you understand the thing in, in, and bring it deep into your soul and realize that there's no other way around, you cannot escape that thing. You cannot think that there's intelligence outside of there. You cannot think that there's a God outside of that because you have to realize that you are the God in source and you are yourself in expression. The same way when you dive into matter, you dive and you get closer to the source, which is infinite and nothing at the same time. That's why when you dive into matter, you will find more nothingness that will end up in infinity because infinity and nothingness are just the two sides of the same coin. And this is what the mind absolute struggle with. It cannot encompass those, those concepts. But when you, when I express those ideas to people, they just like, look at me like, I feel it. I feel that yes, there is an infinity and a resonance and the nothingness in oneness and that I am an expression of it yeah. as an essence, as a consciousness, which is uh, in form. My consciousness cannot be form. I can form, I can speak about my body. I can speak about my emotions. I can speak about my mind. I can speak about my story, the story of my, of this body and everything. But if I had to speak about the essence of the consciousness that is witnessing all that, there's no word for that. I cannot, yeah. each word will reduce it the same way each word can reduce God. So, the essence of who I am is God, which is infinite and nothingness. That's why when I'm exploring reality, I am nothingness facing infinity. And when I'm closing my eyes and go deep inside of myself, I am infinity facing nothingness. Mm, beautiful. Okay. So that was mind blowing. <laughs> uh, I don't think I followed all of it. I want to know, like, I, I, I suppose the question was, how does that help us live our lives? But I think you answered that. Once you understand remembering, it. remembering, remembering, because truth is, is something that we're born with. Like truth is the essence of who we are. Um, and, you, and you said it already. The, the problem is the belief system. If you have a belief system. So, but what you're saying is like, I'm trying to sort of pare this down to what you're saying. How does that enhance? Like, how does that help us live our lives as humans? But I think that, you know, you, you're saying that Deepak Chopra said it. You're like, we're, Nothing matters because nothing is matter. We are no thing. We are, you know, we are this space of this energy. And that used to, that really helped me when I was making stuff matter. And I would go back to Deepak and saying, nothing matters because nothing is matter. And then that would think like, why am I making this matter? It really doesn't matter because nothing is matter. It's all just energy. It's all well, just energy that I'm. Is that it is, the truth is that it, it, it doesn't matter and it, it is matter because it, it is both and this is again what the mind struggle with so normally what i start when i start to speak about all this yeah sorry it was a big it was it was a quick no look uh, to the mind that understands to, to, to the mind that understands that i'm sure it's going to be beautiful my mind i got a little lost but um i do when it kind of comes so, to so the way i start normally is by talking about the glass of water uh -huh. so if you pour water into a glass and you ask the question to the mind um is this glass half full or half empty? 
some people will tell you this is helpful. Some people will tell you this is half empty. Which one is right? Both. Because truth is, uh, is, a, is an equation. There's an equation to access truth. And the equation is very simple. Context multiplied by information equal meaning. Ooh, so depending again. on which say, context, say that again, Roman. Context, context multiplied by information equal meaning. Uh-huh. Beautiful. Okay, so if you if you change the context and you keep the same information, you will change the meaning. Uh-huh. If you More put the, keep the same context and change the information, you will also change the meaning. If you keep the meaning and keep the information, you can put whatever context, you will still have the same relationship. So what science have done is basically to say, well, we're going to create a context. So whatever information we're going to put into that, we're going to see meaning emerging from it. So they, they, they fixed the, the context. And the context can be seen as many ways. It can be the operation of uh, uh, an experimentation or a culture. A culture is a context. It's something that people agree to, to, to not question. So then whenever information you're going to put into it will produce a meaning. And that meaning will strike you in, in your core about, oh, does that resonate with me? Is it true? Is it not true? Is it, is it real or not? Without realizing that in the first place, there is a context. And this is the, 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 the culture. The culture. In, remember always that in the word culture, you have cult. It's the cult. It's a cult. So you are part of a cult without knowing it. You speak a language, that language structure your mind and structure your perspective. Uh, you have uh, some words that allow you to manifest uh, something that was always there, but you couldn't bring your awareness to. Because if you don't have a word to um, fix something, then that thing does not exist. There's a great example that I love to share with because it's something that always strikes me with the English culture. Uh, and it's a word called mauvaise foi in French. I don't know if you ever heard about that word, mauvaise foi, because this is something that is completely inexistent in the, 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 the English culture because there is no word for that. And the word mauvaise foi is, uh, is a word that we use to uh, condemn someone that is willingly lying and hoping that by saying the lie over and over and over, people will start to think that this is true. So it's a phenomenon. It's a phenomenon that children are naturally putting in place when they are doing something wrong and they just don't want to admit it. And they're like, no, no, this is true. This is true. This is true. And, uh, and in French, we have that word say, oh, this is mauvaise foi, which actually literally mean, mean false faith. Mauvaise is, is wrong, wrong faith. So uh, mauvaise foi means that you don't put your faith in truth. So I feel, Roman, that you feel like we live in a society of, and I don't even know how to say it, mauvaise foi. How do you say mauvaise it? Mauvaise foi, false faith. But I feel like you feel like this, that, that, that everything we live is that. Well, there's a lot of mauvaise foi, and the mauvaise foi is not really well. It, it can be expressed in the society, but um, it's um, it's something that is more internal because it's your own relationship to truth. When you have a, a false faith or a, a, a bad or wrong faith, it has to do with with the faith, which is not belief. There's a very different fundamental difference between believing and faith. Mm -hmm. Believing is mental; faith is emotional. Mm -hmm. When you have faith into something, you don't need to have a rational explanation about it. Mm -hmm. When you have faith into something, no matter which explanation comes, it, it won't change your perspective mm -hmm. because you have faith in that. 
when you have a belief, belief can be influenced by events and mm-hmm. can influence your knowing, which is a transcendental perspective. You have the, the belief, you have the faith, and then you have the knowing. And the knowing, again, is transcend- transcendental. You don't need to know the chemical that are moving into your brain to know that you love chocolate. You know, it's a knowing. I know that I love chocolate. You know, you can explain, tell me that this is bad for me, whatever. I still know that I love it. It could be bad <laughs> for me, but I still know that I love it. Are you, t- so the- are you talking about me? Are you tuning into me right now, Robert? <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> but I, 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 I love to use the word chocolate because everyone universally knows that, yeah, yeah, I love chocolate. But when you ask them, why do you love chocolate? Because. There is no need for an explanation for that because it's a knowing. It's something that we know deep inside of us. And that, that phenomenon of mauvaise foi is that, well, you are lying to me at the moment and you're just pretending that you're not lying to me, but we both know that, we're, that you're lying. So why are you not telling me the truth? Why are you not putting your faith in truth? And this is what the, the legal system is all about. The yeah. legal system is yeah. there to, to discern which one is saying the truth and which one is using mauvaise foi because there, there's one of them and, 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 and it's a very complex situation because the mauvaise foi, if we go back to the equation, you can actually truly believe that what you're saying is true. But yeah. because you have a different context and your belief is that what you're saying is true, then you're going to create another meaning. If we take the example of someone that is schizophrenic, the schizophrenia is a new con- uh, context. Because I'm not schizophrenic, you're not schizophrenic. We live in a reality where we can agree on consensual experience of reality. But a schizophrenic person will have a whole different context. So he would still be uh, the good foi, so the, the, the good faith, the good faith. He would still believe that what he says is true, but because his context is deviant. And so his truth, which is the meaning that is expressed from his, his experience, is, is uh, right. So in English, we all only have that word right. But right is a concept. What is right? Right is, again, that mixture between context and information. Change the context. Like, for example, I love using also that, 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 that example, woman. Woman is an information. It can be a context as well. As, as well. Like a woman is the context of birth, for example. It can be the space in which life happened to be created. But if you take woman as an information and you put woman into different contexts, which mean different culture, change the culture, you will have a different meaning. You take a woman, you take like whatever you want to define them, you put them into a specific context and suddenly the meaning change. In some culture, women will have rights to be or not to be. In some contexts, women will have X, Y, Z uh, skills or not skills. And which one is true? They're all true. They're all true because the equation of context multiplied by information will always equal to a meaning. Just because you confront the the two information one against each other. And until humanity will come to that education and that realization that you cannot have one perspective because that perspective is denying all the other information in the same context that could give infinite amount of truth. Yeah. So in the example of, of ETs, if you believe that you live in a, in a round earth with a heliocentric system and you have stars and you believe in NASA's gibberish with their pictures and they're showing like all these things that they admitted are just all made on computers. If you believe in that, it creates a context. And then in that context, you're going to have to start to make sense of it and you're going to create narrative. 
And guess what? Whatever narrative you're going to put into that context will give a meaning. And you will find other people who will resonate with that meaning. They're like, oh, yeah, I agree with you. What, what they are telling you is that they have the same context, basically. That's what they say. Then we have the same context. We decided. But in my experience, I decided to have no context. I, I decided to have to take information as a pure information and then putting new context. The way I see context is like flashlights. You know, if you, if you, if you take a, an object and you put a flashlight, it will give a shadow. But if you put another flashlight, it will give another shadow. And if you put another flashlight, it will give another shadow. Which one is true? All of them. All of them. But the truth is that thing that is three-dimensional, four-dimensional, fifth-dimensional, that is an information. And to explore that in information, you need to have as many lights as possible to have that big, big picture. You know, you have in, in India, you have this, um, this story about um, you have 10 blind people who come and touch uh, 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 an elephant. And one is touching the, the leg of the elephant. They're like, oh, this is, this is a, a stump, so that must be a tree. And then another one come and, and touch the ears. They're like, oh, this is flexible. It must be a tissue, a carpet. And then one touch the, 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 the tail. And they're like, oh, it's a rope. And then one comes and touch the... <laughs> and everyone have a perspective on it. And they're all true and all wrong at the same time. So, Roman, what do you want? I, I sense um, in you, I sense a a somewhat frustration that people don't get this like there's a frustration in you <laughs> this is the story of my life so, no i'm not frustrated because i'm in peace with that my frustration is coming from uh what what because people are people people do whatever they want this is their choice people are me people are me in source so i'm in peace with that i love people i love everyone i love the, the dumb one the the bad one the good one the the medium one, I love everyone. I have no, because I, I transcended the limitation of of judging the bads because the bads are doing bad things and the good are good doing good things. There's no, no one is doing good or bad. Some people are working towards nothingness, which is one aspect of God. And some people are working towards infinity, which is another aspect of God. I'm trying to be the guy that is in between, that put chaos into order and order into chaos. I'm trying to be the one that just bring chaos when there's too much order and bring more order when there's too much chaos. Chaos meaning destructuring the, the shell and order being, being uh, meaning bringing new shells. And none of them are better. The shell is not better than the destruction of the shell. Both are essential. You need cells to die into your body in order to be a new version of yourself. Absolutely. You need death to allow you to rebirth. If there's no death, there's no life. You need to die in order to, to exist. And what we live today as a society, as, a, as the end of a cycle is that, and that's what I meant by that spiritual, the world will be spiritual or won't be. There will be no future if there's no spirituality first, because existence is fundamentally spiritual and material, spiritual being meaning infinite and material being nothing. Material being meaning there's, there's, there's dead, like matter is dead. And that's the perception of science today. Science believes that matter is dead. It's devoid of sacredness. That's why science hates quantum physics. Because quantum physics says that, no, everything is alive. Everything is interacting. Consciousness can influence reality and transcend reality. And, and that's why modern scientists hate that. No, 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 no. Reality is dead. It's so inert. They're bumping up against their shell 
Roman. They're like yeah, they're exactly. Not, they're not cracking. They create a shell, shell, and the shell gets so thick that they're killing themselves. They're so, destroying themselves. But by destroying themselves, they also destroy an aspect of us. And this right. is what we're going through at the moment now. Yeah. Because if the shell, if you're not breaking the shell, the shell kill you. And this it, is what happened with uh, the, the image: is to see the 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 baby chicken in that egg that doesn't have the strength to break it. It does. The shell will, will, will kill it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's beautiful. If you, if you don't break that shell, the shell will kill you. Oh and my that, god! That, I'm just getting so many. I'm getting so many. Entropic, um, uh, that the negentropic movement, that the entropic movement is coming from the inside to the outside, and this is what life is all about. You well, are. You, you call it negentropic. I've heard it called. Um, oh God, I've gone blank on the name. Negentropic. So what does entropy mean? Entropy? entropy means the energy come from the inside to the outside. So when you were born, you entropy were... Entropy or entropy? En entropy, E-N. Entropy. E -N entropy, yes. Entropy means the energy comes from the inside. There's a diffusion of energy from the inside to the outside. So the I've, energy I've heard it called entropy and syntropy. So Syntropy means that you are um, moving together. So this is more in the context of cymatic and resonance. And negantropic is the energy that comes from the outside into the inside. So okay. The, the opposite motion. So your body is, is uh, entropic by a sense. So that's why it needs to put food into it in order to dissipate that energy. Uh, and some cells will die and some cells will be born. And that's how you will maintain your existence. However, some humans have developed the, the skills since centuries and millennia to exist without eating. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you heard about those, those people who feed on... Breatharian. They, they have, they, they have the, the breatharian. They, they use mm -hmm. the narrative. So some people use the key. Some people use ether. Some people use... Same thing. It's just the substance of existence. Mm -hmm. And so the body is less entropic. It becomes negentropic. So it's starting to take the energy from reality to feed... The body and maintain its existence through time and okay. slow down the aging by the way so the less you eat the the the, the lower you you age you, you told me that i look younger than last time you saw me a few years ago i'm fasting every month nearly every month so i'm, I'm stopping eating for two or three four days sometimes not no drinking no water for four or five days just to clear my body to rejuvenate myself to bring that negentropic balance because existence is that dance between infinity and nothingness. When you understand it, you understand that you shouldn't go towards any of them. You should, you should always maintain that, that, that path of the middle, not going towards infinity, not going towards nothingness, just being in between. However, there are natural cycles. When I was born, I was one cell and then I became a multi-billion cell system that is dissipating its energy every day to maintain my existence. And that's why I have to replace this energy by eating food, food mm. being energy that is trapped by, by matter. So the sun bring that energy into matter, matter trap it. And then I take that energy into my body to replace the energy that dissipate through my entropy uh, and replace it. This is one way to do it. The other way is to do exactly what the, the plant are doing, which is to tap into the energy of reality and, and structure it into your core through the negentropic uh, system, not the entropic system. And there's method to learn about that. This is using consciousness as a, as a support to feed the body through the negentropic energy of, of the universe.
There's a story in the book Autobiography of a Yogi about a woman who became a breatharian. She was an Indian woman, probably lived probably lived over 100 years ago now, uh, who was married off at about 14 and her mother-in-law kept saying how fat she was. And so she went to the temple and prayed to whatever God she was praying to to help her um, to help her stop eating because she hated the ridicule from her mother-in-law telling her she was so fat and greedy all the time. And she was given a download from source or from wherever it came from, a breathing technique. And she practiced this breathing technique. For, so from the age of 14 to at the time when uh, Yogananda met her when she was in her 80s, she never ate again. Mm-hmm. Uh, she practiced this breathing technique. But what's beautiful about the story is that she loved cooking for people. And she would often cook these big feasts for her family. She had a big family and have big celebrations like they do in India, well, all over the world, I suppose. And she never ate any of it. <laughs> she practiced this. Yeah, this... You, you can actually feed your body just by the smell. Because mm. the smell is that infinity amount of molecules and particles that are coming and feeding your soul just with the experience of or just by being in the field of the food, you can actually take that energy into you without ingesting it, just by being in the field. And that's that's research that I made with uh, Tesla's cold electricity research when I tested on myself like and did experiences on people, healing people from many different types of disease that are uncurable according to science, just by uh, bringing different types of information to the body and, and feeding them with... Uh, high voltage, high frequency um, plasma field. And they, they were just like feeling that their body, their, their cells being rejuvenating and alive and everything. And, and the energy, the, the pain disappeared from their body because the pain is, is an information, it's a blockage. Everyone who study a little bit uh, Chinese medicine knows that uh, pain is just a blockage in the flow of energy. And there's many reasons for that. You can have a mental uh, blockage, you can have emotional blockage, you can have physical blockage. You can even have spiritual blockages. You can have holes into your auric field that blocks your energy to flow naturally. And those who have a healthy practice and a healthy body experience, emotional experience, mental experience, and spiritual experience will never really get sick because health is nothing more than the state of balance applied to the four elements of creation. It's not something that can be cured by peel. Uh, getting sick is nothing more than the... Uh, the, the, the computer going into um, defrag. I don't know if you're familiar with the defrag when you have to defragment your hard disk because like, especially on Windows, when you, uh, when you do some, some, something, Windows um, record information on the hard disk, but they just put pieces of information all over the place. And sometimes you have to defrag your disk, which means we need to take all those pieces, bring them back into one and store them in in, in one place, which is clearing your room, basically. You have like a big mess in your room and now you have to clear everything. This is what defrag is all about. When you clear your room, when you defrag your computer, this is what getting sick is all about. Getting sick is nothing more than I stop doing anything else and I won't do anything else until everything is clear. That's what getting sick means. And when, when it happens, then your temperature rise, you get in a bed, you don't move, you, you don't do anything. You just, the body just do the maintenance of the body, just keep the, the heartbeat, keep the, the blood pressure, raise the temperature so we can get rid of all the, the bacteria and the bad things that are in your body. And when it's done, then you clear and you can go back to your life. 
Yeah. Animals what what drugs are doing is that they interrupt that process. Interrupt that process. Yeah, animals know this. That's exactly what they do when they get sick or anything. They just they stop go, doing anything. They, they stop, stop eating, they, go, they stop drinking, they, yeah, they just sit scream. under a tree and just yeah, let the body do what it needs to do. Absolutely. But we have been completely uh, brainwashed by our brain that that take over reality and instead of realizing that getting sick is is good yeah you need to get sick you need to clean like if you believe that your 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 house is is perfectly clean and and that's why people who do exercise are, are less sick than others because when they do exercise they're moving and when they're moving the lymphatic system moves and and so everything moves and the cell die faster and rebirth faster and clean faster that, that it's not because they take more oxygen, it's because they're moving. And when they're moving everything, yes, of course, the oxygen is doing an, an effect, but it's not just the oxygen. It's the fact that because you're moving, the body can actually clear. If you stay stagnant and sit on your, on your ass every day and, and work and, 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 and stay in your car and never walk and never do exercise and eat three meals a day, when do your body have time to clean your room? When? It's constantly, constantly, constantly digesting, 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 digesting. Never have a minute to clear and stop and focus on what has to be done. So what happened then? You need to get sick. Because like this body is saying, you can't walk in your room. This is the mess. The mess is all over the place. You can't even walk into it. There's, there's like piece of paper there. There's machine. There's, there's object. You need to clean that thing. So sit down, relax, and I'm going to take care of that. But what do we do? We take drugs. And the drugs are actually poison. And what happened is that when you poison yourself, the body, which is cleaning everything, is like, oh, 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 there's a poison happening. We need to stop the cleansing because there's an emergency happening at the moment. We're getting poisoned. So we believe that the, the drugs are healing us where they're actually uh, um, uh, they're maintaining, they're poisoning us, and they're maintaining the mess in that state yeah and so the body just gets low and low and, and then, then the mind starts to think wrong and the guts are getting clung and the heart is is overwhelmed and, and everything is getting worse and worse and worse and worse but because the mind has that belief system that the doctors have all the, the, the answers we just get back to the same people believing that they're going to bring something uh, balance in our bodies which is not happening because they're yeah. putting more poison and putting more poison to contradict every reaction of the body yeah and then people die and they're like, oh, I got a cancer where this is coming from. And, and you're like, God, God, how much, how much more blind did we have to go disconnected from the sensation, from the, the emotional sensation, the mental sensation, the spiritual sensation, how up to where can, do we have to go? And this is where you have to, to bow in all to creation, to allow people to survive after so much mistreatment. People are stressed. They don't sleep enough. They eat the wrong food, they, re- they eat too much, they don't sleep enough, they don't do enough exercise, and they still survive. The body still survives, but in which state? I know the body is so resilient. My ex, my second husband's mother, was the sick- sickest person I've ever known, honestly. She had every disease. She just got everything. And towards the end of her life, she was old and wrinkly. She smoked half a packet of cigarettes a day and drank half a cup of coffee because her kidneys had given up. And the doctor said, don't drink too many liquids. And she would eat a sparrows. Like if she ate anything, she would eat the tiniest amount of food. And it, I marveled at the way that she could still be alive. I mean, 
she would smoke herself stupid, have a cup of coffee and not eat. How does someone live like that? She did eventually die, but it was so funny when I'd broken up with my second husband by then and she was in hospital and he rang me and I said, um, oh, hi, why are you ringing me? She said, oh, mum's dying and she wants to speak to you and say, you know, thanks, goodbye, whatever. But he was telling me that she was in hospital. She was so sick and she was going, God, what does it take to die? <laughs> she just kept living and living and living. The resilience of the human form, the way we poison it and mistreat it is incredible, Roman. It's bloody. And she was experiencing this resilience at the end of her life when she was just so sick and she still wasn't dying. It's like, God, I'm still alive. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. And which is the real definition of hell. Hell, she was being in a, in a reality when you are so lost um, because there is no escape, there is no pleasure, there is no beauty. Uh, your body is, is so toxic that your relationship with reality is completely uh, blur. blur uh, how do you say in English? Um, blur, uh, blurish, blurred, like blurred, 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 blurred. Yeah. blurred. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't have a real connection with reality because your all your senses are shut down your mind has received the wrong information and and create so many conditioning systems so you you are confused in, uh, mentally and then your emotions are confused as well because mm. you don't know who to connect with how to connect to how to be yourself how to be one how to how to be true to yourself mm. and then your body is completely shut down so your mind and your heart doesn't connect with your body because your body is filled with pain and feel with uncomfortableness uh, and, 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 and tenderness and all that. So this is the definition of hell. Hell is yeah. not something that comes after life. Healthy is something that you can live in this life. Hell is something we you, create. If you clung yourself into that perspective. Absolutely. And that's why what I try to share with people about this perspective, about reality in, in this multidimensional perspective, like the cosmogony of the cosmos, of the, 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 the infinitely small, the future, the past, the inner, the outer, the self, the others, and is trying to heal the narrative of the mind and realizing that, because you asked me that question, how this knowledge can, can heal us or can make us living a better life. I mean, if, if, you, if you have the wrong narrative in your brain, how can you have a, a happy life? You will always be the slave of someone else's narrative, no matter if it's ETs or governments or... or uh, medical or, or astrologist or whatever until you reclaim your mind sovereignty by rewriting your own narrative by being open to infinity and nothingness and embrace both of them in yourself and recognize both of them in yourself and be in peace with them how can you how can you be happy how can you have a happy life and your answer was do you think that we need to lose ourselves and to forget forget everything of course we do that's why we're here. We're here to forget everything, to rediscover everything, because how can you discover anything if you already knew everything? You have to forget everything in order to rediscover everything. However, infinity cannot be uh, discovered. Uh, infinity can only be experienced. The same way nothingness can ever be uh, discovered, or, or it can only be um, experimented. What the Buddha said about the separation is that you, you have to find peace by um, disconnecting yourself from reality, basically, by being in self. But if you want to fall in love, if you want to lose yourself, if you want to get angry, if you want to get uh, um, 
excited, uh, exalted, then do it. Do it knowing that when you're going to embrace this journey, there's going to be a side effect because everyone that you love one day on another, you're going to be afraid of losing them because everything that you experiment one day on another, you're going to be um, disgust of it. I try to eat ice cream every day for months. Try to eat chocolate every day for months. Uh, like only eating chocolate every day for months. You will see. There is no one or the other. It is always a dance between infinity and nothingness. And this is what is fundamentally missing in our society today. That deep understanding that the it's never one or the other. It's never half full or half empty. Okay. Okay. Uh, I just loved that. I think you should. I think you should call your talk the dance between infinity and nothingness. That is so beautiful. The dance between infinity and nothingness. There's a good title. Well, but this is this is just the beginning. <laughs> what I would like to bring people is to dive into the exploration of reality through infinity and nothingness, using philosophy, using mathematics, using science, using because this is this is the the base. This is the beginning. The beginning is that dance between infinity and nothingness because what 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 is a heart the heart is going towards nothingness by contracting and then going towards infinity by expanding and then contracting and that dance is the same dance that allow the the, the cycle between the seasons to happen that which is above to be that which is below and that which is below to be that which is above that that dance between uh, death and life and death and life and uh, I was a cell, I was nothingness, and then I became something, and I, I would go back into nothingness, and I would become something again. So stop being afraid of death. Stop it. Death is just a fucking passage between two existence. Okay, it does so not exist. to sort of bring this down to a way in which we can... Excuse my French, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a shame that French is such a beautiful language. It's a shame that in English that we call cursing French. I always think that. But anyway, we always say that. Um, okay, now I've lost my train of thought. You seem to bemuse me, Roman. I can't think straight when I'm listening to you. <laughs> I have a million questions. I'm stretching. I'm the, stretching the questions arise. The questions arise. But as I, as I attempt to really listen to what you're saying the questions dissolve <laughs> um now i've forgotten what i was going to say God. and that's exactly one of the concepts the, the question is is going towards infinity and an answer is going towards nothingness it's a it's a shell that you create and when that shell is there you need to break it by another question and you create a new answer which is another shell and then you need to break it again and you have again that dance between infinity question are infinite and then okay, you have an okay, answer, okay. Which, is, which is nothing. I'm and trying then you have to find, another question that is infinite. I'm trying to find my stream of thought. So for people that are, because what we do as humans, I remember I had this conversation on a show recently. Uh, a young girl said to me she was going to go to India to find herself. And I said, well, you're not going to find yourself in India. Go to India because you want to go to India. Because we're not here to find ourselves. We're here to create ourselves. Because uh, we come. Remember ourselves. Well, remember or create. I mean, you know, we're playing in form, we're playing with mind, we're playing with personality, we're playing with narratives and concepts. And through all that, all that, all those paint colors, we can mix those paint colors and create anything we want. Uh, well, you know, like you about the source of the self, the source of the self, well, you the remember... source of myself is you. Yeah, but you remember. The source of myself is the universe. The expression <laughs> of myself is my is is my story is so 
when you say you can create yourself, you actually are saying that, yes, you can create an identity. And the identity is the exactly. idea of the entity. It's not yeah. the entity. The entity is the self. The self, and it's extremely important that people make the distinction between both. The self is the awareness, the awareness of being. It cannot, it's like God. It, it's that thing that each word will reduce. You cannot give any attribute. You cannot, it doesn't want anything. It doesn't wish anything. It's just there to witness the experience. And yeah. that's the source of the self. If you want to meet yourself, which is absolutely essential, meditation will, will do the job. Yeah. Just meditate, calm the brain, calm the emotion, calm the body. And that, that which remains when everything has been taken away from you is you. That you that is, is that which remains when everything that you think is you has been taken away from you. So if you think that you can create yourself, you actually create an identity and it's fine. You need an identity in order to operate in this reality. Well, well, that's what I'm talking about. And so, you know, finding yourself is knowing that you are the infinite creator and uh-huh. that's going into the infiniteness and the nothingness because, you know, what is the infinite creator? It is infinite and it is nothing. It is no thing. So if we're going to discover who I am as human, as Hugh and man, like William said in the last show, Hugh being the sound of God and man being the form, then who do I want to be in this world of illusion and form? So what do I want to create myself to be? If I come from the infinite, I can be anything and anyone and anything. What do I want to create? Who do I want to be in this world? So you, you become... My, my problem with this uh, statement is you that... Be, you become the painting but the true self is the creator of the painting the artist so you you become the painting but who you really are is the artist well okay yeah there's there's a few notion encompassing that thing yes um the the paint create the painter the same way the painter create the paint and this is something that again religion struggle with god didn't create the creation more than the creation created God. A father can only become a father when he gives birth to a child. The child creates the father as much as the father created the child. So when you create something, you also have been created by the, the thing that you created. And this is something that needs to be understood. There is no separation between the creator creating the painting because as soon as the painting is created, then it gives birth to the creator. So this, this is one notion that is important to, 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 to discern. The source of, of the expression is God, call it whatever you want, consciousness, God. And this is an observer. It doesn't have any will, doesn't have any wish, doesn't have anything. It's just observing. But, but when you, you, I'm going to go back to that point because it's a great point. Wouldn't you say, so say that again, the creator and the creation. Once the creator creates the creation, it also creates the creator. Yeah, creation, create the creator, same way the creator create creation. The creation. So that wouldn't that be the meaning of like a lot of people say, well, why would God, who's infinite and all, you know, create all these worlds like the human God world? God has never created anything. God cannot create anything because as soon as he creates something, it gets out of its of its purpose of being infinite. And there's a, there's a fundamental difference between doing and being. When you are, you are. When you do, you do. And those are two aspects of existence. When you are, you are towards nothingness. When you do, you go towards infinity. When you are, you are in that state of being. 
like when you're gardening, for example, you are gardening, you become gardening. When you have to explain what gardening is all about, you have to distance yourself from the experience of gardening to explain to someone, oh, that's what I'm doing. I'm moving my arms, I'm scratching the soil and, and stuff like that. Same with making love. When you're making love, you make love. When you explain what making love is all about, this is, has nothing to do about making love because making love is a state of being. And in that state of being, you cannot be infinite and you are infinite in that state at the same time. Do, do you see the difference? Uh, when you become the thing, you become infinity. And that's why time become, uh, uh, become pointless because you become time. You remember what it is to be time so you, you make one with time through the action, through the movement, and you, you are the experience. When you have to speak about something, when you have to do something, you have to distance yourself from the experience of doing it. And again, this is a big confusion. An artist that is, art, that is painting something, when he's painting the thing, he's projecting himself on the painting. He becomes one with the painting. And so when the painting is done, then the painting is made and the creator is made because those, those, those are just the titles. But the, that, the act of creation is an act of being one yeah. with the thing that you create. Yeah. Well, I was using the artist creator thing as an analogy for who we are as spirit and human. But you know what? I've just looked at the time we've been yakking for so long. I would suspect that your talk at the High Soft Expo is going to get quite technical. <laughs> it's probably going to be exactly what we've just spoken about now, really. Well, I, I never know when I'm going to talk about that. Just coming that, that space, I'm, I'm becoming that state of being and, and in that state of being. And that's why I love conversation because it's, it's always complicated to speak with an audience without knowing because I, I, I love tuning with the people. Like, I don't know where you are in Sydney, but I can tune on you. And when I tune on you, we have that exchange that is coming and I'm, I'm tuning on your reaction. I see your your body language and I'm like, okay, well, should I go more in that direction? I don't like having with a plan. I can talk for hours and hours and hours about all those topics uh, and, and the connection between all that in different, different meaning. Um, so with, with everything that you've have come to remember, no, what do you think the most important thing is that you want to teach people that you think people should remember? I think, I think what I just share with you is fundamentally one of the most, uh, it's one of my most recent uh, discoveries. It's only two or three years old, but all the, these geometric, uh, physical, philosophical things brought me to that conclusion slowly. So this is the, the core of, uh, of the message that I was looking for since I was a baby. What is the meaning? What is the, the, this, this whole reality is all about? And when I got that image, that flash of the, those two fields, which are crossing the nothingness field of the past and the infinite field of the future, which are crossing before my eyes to create this, um, this illusion of separation that we call presence. I was like, oh my God, that's what it is. The, that which is in the past is like that which is in the future. Uh, that which is in the, in, in, the, in the infinite is like that which is in the, in the, in the nothingness. And, and we are just leaving that big story uh, in this timeline and there's uh, i agree there's infinite amount of timeline and in this timeline i am who i am in another timeline i'm probably not even born in, in a different timeline I'm, and, and 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 but the mind cannot access to all this it's like trying to 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 put the the the, uh, the ocean through a straw you know you you have to increase the size of your straw you have to go very, very slowly 
that's what the mind, the mind is that shell. So my job was to always expand the shell and expand the shell and expand the shell and expand the shell up to be able to encompass the universe and trying to articulate it into a way that according to the culture, people would be able to receive because those are concepts that highly resonate inside of us. But we have so much conditioning, so much blockages that are like conflicting, um, but no, matter is this or my experience is that and my emotions are growing my perspective and my will and my perception of God and my perception of myself. And, and all that is just blurring the, the thing. So it's, it's difficult. It's very difficult. But the essence of the message is that be in peace with your aspect of nothingness and your aspect of infinity and embrace both of them and recognize the beauty in both of them. What I was going to say before is like we hit crises of um, thinking who we are because we create these shells of who you think you are. You know, I am this, I am that. And then we hit this crisis of like, I don't know who I am anymore. And (laughs) I think those crises are just that breaking of the shell. It's that expansion. And and so embrace the crisis, embrace the breaking of the shell, embrace those times where you don't know who you are or why you're here. And to get back to what we said in the beginning about my life story, like when I was young, I was that kid that was different. Right. So um, I was lucky enough to be bullied for um, six, seven years of my childhood. Yeah. Every year with a new bully, uh, like every year, every year. So they basically didn't allow any shell right. to, be, to be structured. They basically broke Breaking every shell, shell that I was trying to, to build, to put in place. And so I grew up without any shell. And, I, and it, it's only now that I'm realizing it by talking to you. It's just now that I'm realizing this is the, the gift of today realizing that they what they've done is to actually allow me to grow as a, a shell-less identity. I had no identity. I had to invent a new identity at the age of 17, my first identity. And I remember it doing consciously, saying, okay, well, who I am, what I am, okay, well, let's create a story. Let's create, uh, so I was trying to, to write poetry and I wanted to be a poet and writing music and stuff. And then years later, like I had to to create another identity and then years later I created an, another identity and the last one that I had to create again was two years ago when my ex-partner left me and and I was I was completely because my identity was to be a father was to be right. a husband was to be a carer for my family and she gave well, we can call it a gift she made me the mm-hmm. gift of leaving me in the worst way possible so I just became homeless lived in my car for a little while and destroy this remaining identity of being a father, being becoming to be shapeless and identityless, to be more of who I am, basically. Well, and so she I think leaves me from that, that identity that that needs to be a father. I am a father, and I will always be a father uh, to to my kids because the the birth of my kid makes me a father. But she removed me the, the responsibility of being the, the main carer or the only carer of, of the family by having a split family. Yeah. And that's, that's a shocking thing because I had my conditioning. My conditioning is that no matter if you're unhappy, you stay. You stay with your family. You stay there until, until it dies, even if you have to sacrifice your life, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So in a way, I'm, I'm grateful that she did that, even if it was an extremely painful experience. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Look, we live inside the world of story. So we have to come up with the story. But does the story serve you? Uh, Does the story help you help others? Or does the story limit you? And that's the decision we have to make. The story of who I think I am. Does it help me help others? Or does it limit me? 
in, mm. in being, you know, in being more infinite in my perspective. And, Roman, and if you're in peace with both, if you're in peace with this, this experience of the nothingness and the infinity, and if you have gratefulness for whatever happened in your life, and because being grateful, like one day someone told me, oh, how can I be grateful to someone who killed my daughters or whatever? Right. It's like, oh, this is something uh, impossible. I say, well, you can't be grateful for what that, that person did. But if it happens to you, if you are in that realm of having to experiment that separation with love and what, what is the most precious thing on the earth in your life and probably feeling that you failed to protect her and all that, well, be grateful for the person you will be in the future mm-hmm. or what, what the goodness is coming to come in your life. Because in my experience, when my ex left me and, and I, my world was, was breaking down and everything was just collapsing, I always kept that, that gratefulness about what will come next. And that opened myself to a new partner, which is now bringing me more fulfillment and completion that my ex had done for 11 years. And so you're like, wow, this is how the universe works. And so even hopefully, if you... If hopefully you, your if ex you, doesn't watch this. <laughs> well, in, in a way, yeah. I, I thank her for, for what she did. And, and, and she thanked me for not being in her life anymore. So that's great. You know, it's not easy to be in my life every day, as you must imagine. Like, it's, it's quite complex. So, um, yeah, like it's, it's what it is. And we are, we're now going towards becoming good friends. So that's cool. cool. Oh, it's been so beautiful to explore your journey more, Roman. You've just got so much to share with us here on earth. So thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for hearing. Thank you for listening. Well, what did you think of Roman? Mind blowing really, isn't he? (laughs) I find it hard to keep up with these genius mathematic sort of science types I don't know my brain goes meltdown I think but uh yeah just fascinating 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 I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you thought of all the concepts that he discussed Uh, you know me I love to chat hard to get a word in edgewise with Roman he's got so much information to share so much information to share uh yeah amazing amazing genius here on earth to you know make changes make changes bring through a new technology a new way of thinking about the world and science and our place in it and yeah fascinating fascinating perspective perspective we have to embrace everyone's perspective because we're all looking at it from a different point of view like you said, the elephant, you know, we're all looking at it from a different point of view. So we've got to embrace everybody's perspective. That's how, that's the message I, I got from his, from his talk. Embrace all points of view because everyone's coming from their own content, context, from their own belief system, from a narrative. So many people in the spiritual consciousness world you know, discover things and they want to go out there and tell the world what they've discovered. And, and many people are not willing to smash their paradigms and to think in a new way because their current paradigm and belief systems working for them. Uh, if I believe I work hard and, you know, strive and struggle, I'm going to get what I want. And that's what I've been doing. And it's working because we get to create our reality. So whatever we believe, we get to create, right? So if you believe in hard work creates success that's what you get 
if you believe that going with the flow and enjoying your life creates success, that's what you get. You just get to believe in whatever you believe in. You get to experience whatever you believe in. And so many people get out there and try and, you know, preach their truth to a world that doesn't want to listen. So how do we, uh, how do we change people's minds um, when we see that if the world continues to believe in what they believe, it's not working for the whole? might be working for the individual but it's not working for the whole like I think about this often <clears throat> excuse me and the way we package our foods uh, look it works for me to go to the supermarket and pick up ready-made food that's packaged in plastic that goes into a landfill and never breaks down that works for me as an individual I, I don't have to cook I don't have to think about cooking I just buy something heat it up and eat it or buy something like a salad that's packaged in polystyrene and eat it. That works for the individual. But does it work for the whole? No. If every individual ate like that, then the world would just be one big dump of polystyrene, but not degradable. So, yeah, we've got to start thinking about what works for the whole and not works for the individual. That's the fundamental change I think we need to make as humanity. Uh, I, I often think about who came up with the idea of packaging our food in a substance that does not break down. And so we just put it in the bin and we just fill up holes with all this substance that doesn't break down for thousands of years. I mean, where is the logic in that? Where is the sense in that? Sure, it's convenient. But anyway, so I, I really feel, I feel passionately that all plastic should be done away with all over the world and everything that's packaged in what is we see as plastic can be made from materials that look like plastic, but they're made out of mycelium, you know, mushrooms or they're made out of plants or, or something, um, husks of pineapples. Uh, there's just so many things that we can create, but it's um, to a business that is buying things cheaply and making a good profit. They don't want to look at that stuff because it's going to really affect their bottom line. So, yeah, we need to change a few ways that we think in this world, I think. So how do we communicate this message to a world that doesn't want to hear? Well, I believe we need to embrace all points of view and we need to embrace the way people think and understand that they think like that and understand why they think like that. And once we feel connected, then I think that we can communicate with each other in a way that makes more sense for the whole. That's my two cents. <laughs> but amazing conversation with Roman. Oof, blown away, really. I'll have to re-listen to it at least another dozen times, I think, to really understand everything he said. But he had some pearls of wisdom in there, didn't he? Just some pearls, absolute pearls. All right, as usual, I haven't had brekkie. It's midday. <laughs> it's midday which is good. I've had a forced fast. When he talks about fasting, I think, God, I should totally do that. I think about fasting all the time and I don't. And I think, yeah, it'd be good to have a, a fast for a day or two. I used to do it more than I've done it in the last couple of years. But um, that fasting thing, I think is really healthy. Just giving your body a break from food. I think that's a really healthy thing to do. Not that I manage to do it but very often. <laughs> I've done it today. I've not eaten until midday. Uh, but yeah, just doing a couple of days fast, water fast or juice fasting, very healthy thing to do. Anyway, I love my food too much. 
Okay, love you all. And uh, as I said on the last show, Sue Walker's coming into the Inner Sanctum, who speaks with the Ponte, a group of extra dimensionals, extraterrestrials that's, that have been living on Earth, with have bases on Earth all over the planet, observing Earth and, and observing us. And uh, they come from another form of consciousness. Amazing. Some of them, they look like greys. They look like humanoid greys. Sue paints them, draws them. She's in telepathic communication with them, her and her partner. Gone blank on his name. What's his name? Reverend. What does he call himself? Oh, you might know. I've gone blank. Anyway, together they have telepathic communication with the Ponte, have a base under the Sandia Mountain, and uh, they've got lots of things to share with us as they love learning from us. Like, just like I was saying, you know, they learn from us, we learn from them. It's not about them being higher or more evolved than us, which they are. But it's about us having different experience and learning from each other. And they love learning from us. They love a lot of the stuff that, you know, that they don't have in their society. Humans, like the way we have fashion and we could look different. And, you know, they just, they love that because they look, they, they have some identity and look somewhat dissimilar to each other, but not as much as humans do. They don't have the vast variety and and they love our music and their, our art. They're just, yeah. And they've got so much to share with us about consciousness technology. Yeah, so it's a, it's, a, um, it's a relationship, a conversation. It's not one teaching the other. It's we're learning from each other. Yeah, beautiful. So Sue's coming in and I'm online every week teaching deliberate creation and, you know, letting and sharing all sorts of things. And... Uh, yeah, <laughs> remember to get the book if you haven't already got it. Awakened by Death. Thanks for tuning in. Big love to you all. Bye for now. <laughs>